Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Midwest Medium Podcast. I'm your host, June Hessler, and today we have Holly Rosa. Holly is a massage therapist who won Regional Massage Therapist of the Year when she was employed by a national massage chain. And in 2021, she opened Violet Healing Massage, located in Spring Lake Park, Minnesota. And recently, she began learning about Reiki and how she can apply it to her clients today. Holly, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Now, Holly and I, last weekend, we um, set up kind of, I guess you could call it a little experiment where we hosted a free event called Massage and Mediumship. And how it worked was we invited just some family and friends. Um, I think we had nine people. And I gave a mediumship, a group mediumship reading at the same time when Holly was off to the side with her massage chair and she would massage our guests one by one while I did the group reading. And I say it was a bit of an experiment because I wasn't quite sure how the energy flow would work given that I was communicating with spirit and delivering messages to our group. And then massage, massage is, you know, a sort of energy work also. So we weren't quite sure how the two would jive together, but Holly, I would say that it went really well. It went really well. Um, I wasn't sure about how the timing was going to go. We had nine people <clears throat> and I was yeah. trying to gauge how long you're going to be giving readings to. So what I did was while June was off in the other room meditating, um, I gathered together, explained how this was going to kind of go, told them this is kind of an experiment. So we're just kind of see how it, how it goes and just give us a little grace. Yeah. Um, and then I said, I'll work with the back row first. I'm just going to make eye contact with you. Um, once I do that, you're going to stand up and come over so that we're not interrupting the reading. And then I said, if the person that is, is next is getting a reading at that moment, then let's move on to the next person. And then I'll go back to the other person. So that worked out well. Everybody kind of followed along. And <clears throat> um, I was talking about it with a few other of my clients and, um, Two of them had mentioned that they would love to have the massage with the medium um, because for them, they, they were like, I don't know if I'd be comfortable. I think I'd be really nervous. And I think having you there giving massage would almost relax me more. So I'd be more open to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I thought it was really neat from my perspective as the medium giving the reading it. I feel like it kind of relaxed people, especially if it was someone's first time in any kind of mediumship setting whatsoever. I think it was kind of like, yeah, it kind of gave people like a little bit of a break or something to go do, but they could still listen and still tune in. And, and actually towards the end, you were actually massaging a woman as I was reading for her, which I thought was interesting because I wasn't quite sure how that would work, but it seemed to work out fine, but yeah, I think it was, yeah. a, um, I feel like it was a really good mix and it was fun and, you know, moments of, of humor came through and it seemed like a really interesting and fun, fun thing to do. So I think we'll have to do that again. Yeah. I've, I've, um, as I've kind of told other people about it, I've had probably at least five to 10 people ask, when are you going to do another one? I, I want to sign up. Yeah. So. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll let you know when we decide to do the next one. Yeah, it was fun. I was, and your friend that actually, so Holly has a friend that 
donated the space because it was something that we were offering for free. So she had a friend that was so nice and willing to donate the space to us to use for free because neither of us really have a space that would hold that many people, um, you know, like without interruption from husbands or kids or, you know, that kind of thing. So that was nice too. Absolutely. So Holly, I do have questions for you. Now, as it relates to massage therapy, what first got you interested? Why massage therapy for you? Um, to be honest, I fell into massage therapy, uh, if you can, kind of accidentally. Um, I was in uh, high school and, and as you know, in high school, they, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I yeah. didn't really know. And, um, we had to do a senior project where we had to look up five different careers that we were interested in. And I'm all over the board because that's how I am. So I was like, well, maybe I want to be a veterinarian or maybe a pharmacist or maybe a secretary or um, then I put down massage therapy and then I put down um, radio DJ host. And if you know me, (laughs) yeah, everybody always giggles like, yeah, I can see you doing that too. So, um, I, I really like the idea of with massage therapy, it's, there's so many different modalities and different, so many things that you can learn and do and, um, apply that it's not just the same thing every day, all day. Sure. Um, granted, I've probably seen more backs than the average person, but that's okay. I can handle that. Um, <laughs> um, but what I liked about it too is that it was something that I could take with me. So for me, I was like, if I don't like massage therapy, I can always just go back to college and learn something else and do massage therapy on the side. Yeah. I'm not a fan of needles or blood. So doing massage therapy was made sense to me. Yeah, that's interesting. And full disclosure to anyone listening, massage, uh, Holly is my massage therapist. I've seen many over probably the last 15, 20 years. And Holly is, in my opinion, like the best. She left her previous job. I followed her (laughs) and she's, she's fantastic. So if there's anyone that's listening, that is looking for a good massage therapist, you found your girl because she's worth it. Um, and so, and so things that we've talked about before, Holly, you know, privately is that massage therapy is still energy work. It's more than just rubbing out someone's muscles or removing a knot from somebody like, you know, I have a knot in my right shoulder blade that we work on every session. And so because there is energy work involved when, and I know that there's some days where you see a lot of people. So how do you feel after a really busy day of serving your massage clients? And on top of that, what do you do to kind of replenish your own energy so that you're ready for the next day? Yeah, that's, um, I had to kind of laugh because I was listening to some of your previous podcasts and you talked about the, the high that you feel after giving a reading. And even when we did that one on Sunday, um, we were there for like two and a half hours. I think you gave a reading for two hours and I was yeah. kind of watching you wondering, how are you feeling? Are you are you ready for a nap or are you gonna, are you like, let's go on to the next thing. And I can completely understand the high for me. I, it's hard for me to sleep at night when I end my night at nine o'clock and I've been massaging since 10 AM. Um, yeah. um but then it kind of depends on the people and the person 
Oh, how's my video? Is my video cut now? Are we good? You're a little spotty. Um, I'm going to pause recording one second. Okay, we're back. Just quick, weird audio video glitches. Um, so Holly, you were explaining how you basically re-energize yourself yeah. late at night so that you're ready for another full day of for the next one, right? So for me, it depends on the person too. Um, there's people and, and we all know these kind of people where you gravitate to the person that's high energy and happy and positive. And then, uh, you know, you have that one family member, that one coworker, that's always like, man, we is the worst in the world and I hate my life and everything I got to complain about and it's just like they're energy suckers and they drain you yes um, those people um I will light either sage or um I always say this wrong I think Palo Santo wood Palo Santo yep wood. um I'll light that around the corners of my room I'll do a prayer and ask for like you know um light lift up the energy bring in positive uh energy um i'll ask for healing um and then also um i put a bowl of salt water at the on the floor at the bottom of the bed table uh so that uh i can absorb any negative energy and then that way at the end of the session i take that bowl out and i dump it in the toilet and i flush it where it belongs <laughs> yeah um, well, and i think if I remember correctly, you, someone, um, told you about that idea because you're having knee pain. Yes. Yeah, so I, um, I started getting into energy work probably about a year ago. Yeah. It was, it was last March. Um, being, I, I kind of worked in more of a, a corporate world of massage, if you will, type business, and they didn't allow energy work. And I've been doing massage therapy now for 16 years. And um, so being allowed to actually finally like dabble in that and see what that's about. Um, yeah. I went to a place in downtown Anoka, Minnesota uh, called White Buffalo. And um, there was a gentleman there that wanted to teach me certain energy work. I had met with him a few times. He told me that I was capable of doing the same kind of energy work that he can do. So, um, yeah, we, him and I worked together one-on-one -on -one and he, he taught me about, um, clearing your energy out. So before I start massage, I stick my tongue on the roof of my mouth. I breathe in through my nose. And then I imagine a wave coming up from the back of my body, from my feet coming up and over and then out. And then I release the breath. <sighs> so that I kind of release all of that negative energy, but also increase my like third eye. Um, and so yeah. then for that, I kind of raised my vibration um, so that it, again, I don't get those energy suckers on me. Cause if I do have multiple clients that are negative um, and even when I worked with this gentleman, he had asked me if, if I just worked on people the day before I said, yes, he said, you still have their energy inside of you and um, you need to release that. Um, and he was like, were they very negative? And I said, well, it's not even that they're negative. Um, they, they're autistic and autistic people are just very, um, they're high energy. And it's not necessarily yeah. that it's negative, but mm -hmm. they just 
they just kind of suck the energy out of you and it's not necessarily a negative thing but you just have to ground yourself and be prepared for that yeah it's not a negative thing i think it's just more um you feel it more if you're sensitive that way anyway so if you're if you're sensitive and whether it's someone with negative energy or maybe someone with autism who's just high energy or whatever it is it's so easy to like yeah, they, they can drain you and it's not, it's not intentional. It's not, um, anything of that nature, but it's something that you just have to learn to protect yourself from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So So that's, that's interesting. So the bowl of water with this, I think you said it's salt in the water. So, yeah. So the stone that white Buffalo told you to use that. He had asked me if I had any windows in my room and I said, I don't. And he said, so what's happening is their negative energy floats down to the bottom of the floor and then you're reabsorbing that and you're feeling it right now in your hip and in your knee. And um, I was like, what kind of voodoo magic is this? (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And he was like, all right, so you need to do salt water in a bowl at the bottom of the table. Um, so that you can flush all that negative energy towards that. And then at the end of each session, flush that in the toilet. And I was like, that's so interesting. And I literally, for years, I buy tennis shoes probably every six months because I assume my shoes are just getting worn out. And that's why my my knee and my hip hurt. Yeah. His, his explanation was I was absorbing their negative energy and um, I wasn't replenishing myself. And um, yeah, since I've been doing that, I really haven't had any problems with my knee and it's been over a year. <laughs> so there's there's that. It's one of those things where I'm open to it, but I'm still like, you know, as I said to my husband, um, I feel like I've just learned the force is strong with me and I am working with Obi-Wan Kenobi right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, it's- what is this? Yeah. It's wild, but it's so great that you're open to learning some of these new practices and at least giving them a try. Um, but then, and then when it works, it's kind of like, okay, well, where did it come from? Like, I think our logical brain really wants to turn into high gear and we kind of have to mellow that out a little bit in order to be open and receptive to these other ideas and practices. And Hey, if it's working, keep doing yeah. it. <laughs> right. Exactly. If it works, it works. Like, yeah. I've just kind of learned. And I, I've said this to the people like, you know, you just got to accept it and just, you know, I don't, I don't question things anymore. If things happen, they happen and they're happening for a reason. Yeah. 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 So another thing I know about you is that you recently have been learning a little bit more about Reiki and the energy healing behind Reiki. Now, is this something that you've started to um, use with some of your clients or is it something that you're still really learning about and maybe using on yourself or like, where are you at with your Reiki? Where am I at with Reiki? So I did take a Reiki class and um, I think for me, uh, I didn't ask enough questions when I signed up for the class and I, and I should have, um, I, I wasn't a complete fan of how she taught because she more or less just read a book. And then we had about 
10 minutes where she tuned us to the Reiki energy and then said, take the next class. It'll be more hands-on. I took the next class and it was only another 20 minutes of hands-on and her reading a book. Um, so I, I would like to practice Reiki. I haven't done it a whole lot. I've done it with friends. I've done it with a couple of clients who I know are open to that. And I'm like, let's just do this for a little bit. And even like I did it to one client, um, she was going through a lot of emotional things and I could tell that she didn't have to tell me that. And I said, I'm just going to do a little Reiki. And I just kind of worked around her throat chakra. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of hung out there and she just continuously cried. And I, so I, I knew I was opening up something. And again, it's one of those things where Reiki isn't white, black. It's not one plus one equals two. And I think our logical brains are like, well, how does this work? I want to yeah. know how this works. And it's not really something you can one plus one equals two. It's not scientific. It's something that you just feel is your int intuition. And yeah. so um, I just did what I thought would work for her. And she said that she was suffering from a migraine that day. And the moment I started working on her throat chakra, um, she like her migraine went away and she was like, I don't even know what that was or what you did. Um, I was listening to your podcast with Janet. She was talking about, uh, animals. Um, I had actually done Reiki on one of my friends is fostering cats. And this one cat would not come out of the closet. Wouldn't want to do anything with her. And I had just learned Reiki and I said, well, can I come over and do Reiki on, on this cat? And so again, I just kind of did what I felt needed to be done and I didn't get too close to the cat and I just had my hands around the cat and um he came out of the closet within 15 minutes and then rubbed up against me and laid down and let me pet him and and my friend was like are you a witch is this is this witch <laughs> this? and I was like oh wow I don't, I don't know I just did Reiki and I I think I calmed him down and I think you'll be fine now <laughs> so, that is so cool Holly yeah. Yeah. So that, ha I mean, and again, I'm like, well, that happened. Hashtag that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really, really cool. Yeah. So how yeah. Do you, have, has she followed up with you? Do you know how the cat's been doing since? Um, I haven't followed up with her. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming they got adopted, uh, recently. Cause I haven't heard anything from her about the cats, but yeah. She's, yeah, she said ever since I, I did that, he uh, doesn't hide anymore and comes out and wants pets. So that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And yeah. it makes you wonder like, what exactly happened? What exactly changed this cat's mind? What made this cat feel more comfortable coming out of his tiny enclosed space? So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So yeah. with your, um, 16 years as a massage therapist, what words of wisdom would you give to anyone that might be considering massage therapy school? Is it something that, um, well, I think from my impression, because you, I'm one of your clients is that you love what you do. So I'm guessing you would encourage people to pursue massage therapy school, but maybe I'm wrong. So what words of wisdom would you have for like, maybe seniors that are getting ready to graduate high school that are looking to yeah. go into massage therapy 
you know, you have to kind of look at what is your, <clears throat> your one-year plan, your five-year plan, your 10-year plan. Is this something that you want to do for the rest of your life? Or is this something you want to do for fun on the side? You know, if it's something that you're considering doing for the rest of your life, um, you know, one of the main things I've noticed is how is your physical health? What's your family history health? I know that's something that we often don't think about when you're considering uh, a career, but I have so many friends who went to massage school and lasted two years and hurt their backs, got carpal tunnel, had to have spine surgery. Um, yeah. Tendons snapped in their forearms and they can no longer do massage therapy. And they're like, ah, I just went to school for two, you know, two years, got a degree, used the degree for a year. And then I hurt myself and I can't do it anymore. Um, massage oh, therapy, wow. as much as it is, we say, yeah, as much as we say it's, it's, uh, you know, energy work and healing, there's a lot of physical work involved with massage therapy. Um, I would look into a school that really works with body mechanics. Um, there was a couple of people that came to me when I worked in the corporate place. Um, I was a, a lead and I helped train people and I had enough people ask me, well, how do you do deep tissue without hurting yourself? And I would watch them and I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? They're just like, they're just digging their arms into their backs. And I'm like, all right, if you like lunge back and use your legs and move your entire body into it, you're not going to hurt yourself. And they're like, oh, this is so much easier. And I'm like, who taught you to do this? Like, you're going to last a year and you're going to hurt yourself. Like, you got to find a school that teaches body mechanics so that you're not going to hurt yourself and you can take care of yourself because that's a huge portion of it. Um there's not a lot of massage schools in Minnesota. A lot of them closed even prior to COVID and then COVID really wiped out a lot of the other ones. Um, so I always say too, like, look at, you know, another thing you don't think about, Minnesota isn't regulated um, for massage therapy. We don't have a national certification that we have to get in Minnesota. It's all regulated by the city. So each city. Oh, interesting. Okay. Differently. So, um, I work in Spring Lake park. Uh, they charge, they charge $200 yearly for a license. You can work in Coon Rapids and it's like $700. Um, so it just depends on what city you want to work in. Um, with that being said, if you're planning on moving out of Minnesota and you want to do massage, you're going to have to take that national uh, board certification, which is like what I call like the a lawyer's bars exam, yeah. um, more or less. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, you know, look at all those different things because it's not just, unless you want it to be, uh, just rubbing people. <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot more involved with it. And I think there are some kids, I say kids, they're adults, but that assume that massage is just rubbing people. And I'm like, there's so much more into it. So if you're looking to get a degree in a school with that, think about all those other factors. Don't just look at this, at, the, at this, look at the big picture and look at all the details within that big picture. Those are wise words. And I am one of the people that just assumed it was just rubbing people. 
And until I met you and then, you know, we started chatting and becoming friends and I was learning more about it through you that it's not, well, especially when you're doing deep tissue. I mean, for anyone that doesn't know Holly, you're like what, five feet tall. I mean, you're little. I'm 4'10". 4'10". Yes, you are 4'10". That's right. And so for a woman of your size, who's 4'10", and I'm 5'10", you really get in there. I don't know if it's like your lower center of gravity or whatever is happening. I say that all the time. My low center of gravity. Yeah. 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 So, but but because you've learned the body mechanics, like you were saying before, it sounds like that really has allowed you to be able to do the deep tissue and be able to do it for as long as you have been doing it without injuring yourself. So that's, that's really good. They say the lifespan of a massage therapist is seven years. So you're like a, you're like a massage therapist, granny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That's why I have the forearms of Popeye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so Holly, as you know, this podcast focuses on the positive side of the paranormal, the positive side of the supernatural. And I was wondering if you'd share one or two positive stories that you have. I know that you've had many paranormal supernatural experiences. Are there some happy ones you can share with us? Absolutely. Yeah. So um I my grandmother and I were best friends. And um, she was getting to that stage in her life where it was time we're going to have to start thinking about moving her out. And so um, I, I was like, you know, I better clean out the basement and start just prepping that because as much as we hate to think about like death and, and all the stuff you have to do afterwards, I didn't want to have to have my mom go through the entire basement by herself when and if grandma dies. I wanted to do it before then. So yeah. I go through the basement and I know that the main objective was we were trying to find the will of deed for the house because I knew eventually we're going to have to sell this house. So I'm digging around and there's like, you know, it's a grandma's house. I mean, the boxes from QVC is ridiculous. I, I don't know what <laughs> she did for her parents. Like, <laughs> like, what is in this box? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. And so it's like Christmas. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I found like tubs that had her like birth certificate in it along with Christmas decorations. And I was like, oh, dear God, what is this? And so as I'm doing my thing, I felt the presence um, come up above me. And I just instinctively knew it was my grandpa. My grandpa had passed away at that time. It was 1999. He passed away. I was cleaning out grandma's basement in like 2018. 2017 mm-hmm. somewhere in there so I knew it was him and so I started having a conversation and I said look man you know this is going to happen and eventually I'm going to have to sell this house and I don't want any grief from you and I don't need you to haunt this house after we sell the <laughs> house and so I'm having this conversation with my grandfather who I was 12 when he passed away and um, my mom comes over so I hear her come in and I finished my conversation and my mom is upstairs talking to grandma. And so I continue working and my mom, she comes downstairs and I said, Hey mom, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but I need to know. I just need you to know that your dad is here. And she looks at me and she goes, you shut the hell up. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, I go, what? And she goes, 
I was making a sandwich and someone came up alongside of me and I just assumed it was grandma. So I, I was making the sandwich and I was putting on the stuff and I, I just went like this to hand her the sandwich and no one was taking the sandwich. And I looked over and no one was there. And I go, yeah, yeah that was your dad. And so she was like, you shut the hell up. <laughs> she was a little freaked out maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, well, I'm just telling you, mom. So now it's been about an hour and a half. And mom and I have been digging in the basement, trying to find this warranty of deed. And there's papers and there's tubs and there's QVC crap everywhere. And I got to a point where I was like, I wonder if this will work. And so in my mind, I said, hey, grandpa, are you still here? And I felt something coming up behind me. And I go, okay, here's the deal. We need to find the warranty of deed. I have no idea where it is. Do you know where it is? And I felt him go out of the room and into the next room. And so I just followed and I looked around and I, I felt him go to a stack of papers in one side of the table. And so I walk over to there, one, two, three, four, five, five papers down, warranty of deed. <laughs> and I go, well, that happened. <laughs> so that I, so I tell cool. my mom. And I was like, um, I found it. And she's like, well, what are you doing in there? We didn't even get out of this room. What are you doing in that room? And I was like, well, I asked your dad for help. And he showed me where it is. And she's like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> no. Your mom was having um, a freaky day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's one. And I'll, I'll wrap up with uh, the story of my grandma, which you heard this story. And this correlates to to something in, in, during while you're learning about mediumship but um my grandmother had passed and I had heard from my mother-in-law that my grandma would come back to me as a yellow bird and that I needed to look for a yellow bird and so at the time I was orchestrating the funeral and all the stuff in the background and um I had bought urns for my brothers and for my mom and for myself and when I got the urns the company forgot to put my urn in there. And so I'm looking at everybody else's urns. And I'm like, uh, where's mine? So I contact the company and they're like, oh man, so sorry. We'll send it out immediately. My bad. And I was like, all right, cool. So then I get my urn and it's like twice the size I thought it was. Like I'm looking at it and it's just, it's this huge urn. And my brothers have this little two inch urn. And I was like, oh man, are my brothers going to be mad that I got more grandma than them? Is that a thing? <laughs> so I was like, ah, and so I'm pondering, like, do I return this urn and get a smaller one? And in that moment, I looked out my kitchen window and there was a yellow bird perched right outside my window. And I was like, all right, duly noted grandma, I guess I'll keep the urn. <laughs> and so those are my two positive stories of, of uh, paranormal. I love that. I love that your grandfather came through and you were looking for something so simple yet had no idea where it was and he helped, helped you find it. And then with your grandmother, I tell people all the time, you can ask for signs and symbols. You just have to be open on how it's going to come through and you have to be patient. And, um, so that's really cool that your grandma, I mean, really quick gave you that confirmation, like not a big deal. Just keep the urn. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool well holly is there anything that we didn't talk about today whether it's 
um, massage therapy related, uh, violet healing massage therapy, your, your small business that you have in Spring Lake Park. Is there anything that we didn't discuss today that you wanted to talk about? Um, I was just going to bring up people who are, who have never had a massage before and yeah. what to expect in a massage. Um, I know people are nervous because they don't know like what to expect or who to even go to. Who do you find that's, that's good. And I always say, ask around people, you know, you know, somebody who's probably had a massage before and ask around, ask, who do you see? Have you seen someone, coworkers, friends, family, um, find the ones that are legitimate in that way. Um, I always tell people when they first come in, there's an intake form. Um, and that's so that the massage therapist knows, you know, if you have any previous health conditions or if you have any current health conditions, you know, that'll, that'll tell us what we can and cannot work on or areas that we should focus on. I, I always ask, what do you do for an occupation? Whether you're a truck driver or an office worker, you're sitting down a lot. That means your lower back is going to be stiff. If you're a computer, your upper back because you're always punched forward. So that's why I asked, you know, what do you do for a living? Um, and then when you come into the room, we kind of discuss what areas are troubling you. Maybe you're not sure. Uh, you know, you're like, I don't know. I've never had a massage before. So I always ask, get dressed to your comfort level. Uh, the first time I was a massage therapist and it was my first time working in an establishment and I was super nervous. I worked on a guy. I was super nervous to work on a guy. Um, I looked at him and I was really nervous as 19 years old. And I said, yeah, um, just get dressed uncomfortably. <laughs> and, then, and then we both just stared at each other. And I was like, yeah, so I'm going to go. I just ran out of the room and didn't give him any further explanation. <laughs> but um, just your comfort level. And then that can, that can mean you wear a bra and your underwear that could mean you wear your pants and we're just going to work on your back. You know, it depends on what you want to do. I always say it's best if you take the bra off because it's easier to work on your back without the bra strap. But again, what's your comfort level? I'm not going to force you to take your bra off. You're covered completely. I have a sheet and a blanket. So you have two things on top of you. Um, and I have a table warmer. So if you're cold, I have a, like a, big old like heating pad that keeps the table warm. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, and then I always start face up cause I like doing scalp and face before getting lotion on my hands so that I'm not rubbing it all in your hair. Cause I had a massage once where I started face down, she used oil and then me up and then flip me over and my scalp and like, I don't even think she gave me a scalp massage. I think she just rubbed off the oil. And I was like, I was going to go to Target, but I guess now I'm going to Walmart. So that works. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, yeah. And then just a good therapist always asks, how's the pressure? Do you need more or less? Yeah. You know, and I know some people are, are not sure. Like, well, I don't know. That hurts right there, but it feels kind of good. Um, all right, well, let's go a little bit deeper and see if that feels any better. You know, having that open line communication during the massage um, really will help, you know. I always, you know, with first timers, I always chit chat and make jokes because I know people can be a little uncomfortable and it is kind of a intimidating space to be in when you're practically nude and it, it, hanging out with a stranger. 
<laughs> yeah. but, you know, yeah, I, you know, I, t- I tell jokes and I make people laugh um, to try to make them more comfortable. And that's, that's how I operate. And you're very good at that. Actually, yesterday, my daughter and I, some, my daughter, Olive is 15 and I was, we were talking about you because I was sharing with her that this interview today was coming up and I said, oh, you haven't met Holly yet. Have you? And she said, no. And I said, well, maybe I'll need to get you in with her. Cause she's in track right now. And so she has sore muscles. So I was talking about maybe getting her in with you. And then she's never had, you know, she's 15. She's never had a professional massage before, but I was explaining how, first of all, how comfortable you made me feel. Um, even though I had seen other massage therapists prior to coming to you, but yeah, I always say that it's like a comedy show and a massage at once. Um, so that's, yeah. that's what I was telling her. And I was explaining how, you know, she's fully covered a hundred percent of the time. Um, and I was talking about how you're very good at, um, applying different pressures. Like me personally, I like a deeper massage, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't, and you're very good at, at, and I feel like you're very intuitive. Like you're very good at discerning what the person needs in the moment. I mean, of course, like, like you said, the line of communication helps. Um, but if the person's unsure, you're, you're very good at kind of like knowing where to begin and then just taking it from there. And I was also telling my daughter, if she wasn't up for a comedy show, you're also very good at just letting the person relax and letting them have like their me time, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, I think I see one of your friends and, and I, I had a laugh because when she had met me in, in uh, before, uh, at your place and, and I'm very chitty chatty. And, um, when I met her at, at my place of business and she was like, um, I don't mean to sound rude, but I just want it to be quiet. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I can't shut up, believe it or not. I can be quiet. And so, <laughs> and so uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of gauge like what the client wants, what the client needs, you know, and there's, there's things that people say, you know, and I, and I joke about this too, that uh, especially Minnesota, we're so passive aggressive <laughs> and there's so many um, body language things that people do that I, I, I pick up on. I'm like, okay, this is what they need. Let's do this. I got it. I, I can figure it out. And if I'm not sure I ask, but yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I guess that's where having the 16 years of experience comes in so that you no longer tell people to get undressed uncomfortably, you yeah, tell them yeah. to undress to their comfort level. level. So I'm, I'm glad that's improved also. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten better with my lines of communication. <laughs> So Holly, how can people find you? How can they make an appointment? Um, I know that you have a Violet Healing Massage Facebook page. Yeah, um, that would be, on Facebook, you can find me Violet Healing Massage LLC. Um, and then I don't know if there's a bunch of those around, but I'm obviously located in Minnesota. Um, the best way too would be emailing me uh, at vhmassage21 at gmail.com. Um, I work at a hair salon, so um, I know sometimes that's confusing because if you get a phone call and it's, you know, this is hair by Hughes, and I'm not getting a haircut, I was getting a massage, what's happening right now, but that's, I rent a room out of a hair salon, so <laughs> located in Spring Lake Park. 
Wonderful. I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes too, so that people have easy access and how they can contact you. And again, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I can't sing your praises enough, but for anyone that might think it's weird that you rent a room from um, a hair salon, you have complete privacy. I've been there many times. You have complete privacy. You're, you're kind of tucked away from the, the action and the noise from the hair salon. Um, and it is a very relaxing environment. You're not, you know, you don't hear the hair blowers or you don't hear the hairstylist talking to their clients. You're, you're very tucked away down a long hallway separate from all the action. So that I think is nice too. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Well, Holly, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I'll make sure all your contact information is in the show notes and I, I, I appreciate you joining me today. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. I, I was yeah. also going to end with, um, I do find it funny. Did, is this podcast following Echo Bodine? Uh, I don't know yet, but probably. So I was going to make a joke that you literally put like a warm up guy after like, after going after like going after Robin Williams, like, <laughs> like the main, <laughs> the main show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I yeah, have to yeah. say Echo was so nice. I mean, that, that interview was, she was so, so sweet. And yeah, I don't know yet when this will be posted, but um, I'll let you know when it is for sure. But That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah, I can't wait to, to listen to the Echo Bodine. Okay. I haven't heard it yet, but I will. All right. Sounds good. Hang on tight. I'm going to quit recording, but don't, don't disconnect yet. Gotcha. All right. Thanks, Holly. Thank you.